Hey little french fries, welcome back to french fries or whatever, episode 15. I wanna start with a fun fact, actually I already recorded this episode, but then I was editing it and uh, I saw that, I don't know, the volume was weird honestly, it was just, it started super loud and then it was going like lower and lower and it was just too difficult and honestly I'm not like um, audio expert so I didn't know how to work on that, you know, and like kind of fix the, the whole thing and the wave and whatever so I was like okay I'm just gonna record it again and also it's kind of good because um the m- my voice was very weird like it was all like this because I I, wa- I was recording it uh in the morning like at 8 30 because I've been meaning to do this for like quite a while now but I didn't have time I was tired you know also always like so many excuses and then so I was like, okay, if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it this week. Uh, like, I'm, I'm not going to do it again. And so I was like, okay, let's do it. And then <laughs> it's funny because, you know, it didn't work. But now we're here again and hopefully this time it's going to work. Um, finger crossed, honestly. Finger crossed that we're going to manage to get to the end of the episode. We're going to just find out at the end of the episode because, like, I cannot, like, I see the wave in front of me. And I really hope that it stays like that, but who knows? Anyway, um, long time no see. Uh, what happened in this week? So many things, and I don't want to go in details of everything. I honestly just want to um, do the classic, like, 20 minutes maximum episode. Because if I have to go in the details of everything that happened, I'm like, honestly, like, it feels like a lifetime ago. I think the, like, the first thing that happened after the previous, like, you know, I recorded the episode 14, and then I think the week after there was Pride, and it was great, like, we had so much fun, um, we went with a wheelchair, because Myra has an e- uh, injury, and, uh, and so, like, we were, like, she cannot walk, honestly, for, like, more than 20, 30 minutes, and if she does, she's gonna really just stay in bed for the next three, four days. And we were like, we have to go to the Pride. How can we make this work? And so we got the, the wheelchair and we went to the Pride with the wheelchair. It was so much fun. It were so many people. We Like, it, it was a lot of fun. At the same time, sometimes it was a bit difficult because you really get to see how our society is definitely not built for people with wheelchairs like this is something that i experienced for the first time and i don't want to you know speak for the the people that use wheelchairs and they know even better you know what like uh, accessibility means and what barriers are but for me it was crazy how for the first time i was like dude like how how are we gonna do this because i mean this space is not built for us it was so difficult in certain moments and I think that it's important that we kind of all become more aware of these issues because something that I was thinking about is that I saw only I think two or three other people with wheelchairs at the pride and I cannot believe that in all Brussels like there are only three people with wheelchairs that want to go to the pride like, I just cannot believe it, honestly. That's, like, not realistic. That's not possible. I'm sure there are more people that, prob- that probably don't go to the Pride because they know that it's not accessible. And making the Pride accessible is not only creating, you know, like, an accessibility area in front of the stage. 
it means that the parade has to be organized to allow people to have space around them you know like the whole the whole square has to be built you know leaving spaces for people like kind of a corridors you know to walk and stuff like that and at the same time you know people going to the pride have to be aware of this you know like if you say something that it's meant to be for a person uh, with a wheelchair don't be an asshole, right? Like, just don't go and use that space because that's not meant for you. But of course, you know, then we could, like, talk about this for really, like, hours and hours and hours. And, and in the end, it's always really just a matter of um, of, of really, like, awareness and education. And, uh, and this is the reason why, you know, I keep, like, annoying people on every social media possible about, this, about these issues because I'm like this is not okay, right? Like, I mainly talk about gender and sexuality because that's what I experience. But as soon as you really step into another community, you realize their issues. And I'm like, we have to do something together. Like, it's clear that if every community only fights for their own battles, like, we're not gonna go anywhere. But, you know, if we just do this all together, maybe we're gonna go somewhere. But anyway, this is like the very quick recap of the pride and you know the very quick lesson oh my god like today i'm just gonna give out lessons you know out of every little thing no i'm not sure because as you know this podcast is not scripted so i just have a few notes and uh, that's it so if i don't like if i don't come up with something wise to say at the end of every bit um i'm sorry uh that's just my fault that's how it is and, um, but anyway, so that was the pride. And then it was like a very crazy few weeks because I, um, I changed job. And, uh, for the ones that really listened to all the episodes of this year, they know, like when I applied for Equinet, which was my previous job, which was the traineeship, because I talked about it in January and I talked about the whole application process, you know, and then I got in and then I moved to the Netherlands and then I moved to Brussels, like everything, right? And now that chapter kind of came to an end. And um, and it's interesting for me to see, right? Like how in just a few months things changed and I changed. And I think I learned so much. And at the same time, I still have so many things to learn. But this is to say that the past few weeks were crazy because I wanted to close all the projects that I was, you know, like working on and like ready to hand over so that the work that I've done uh, you know, it was it wasn't gonna be wasted, but that people could I don't you know like just you know kind of a legacy, and then I managed to do the greatest and endeavor of all times. Uh, I I called my my file like that so that the the people after me know that this is like like a very relevant legacy, but um so yeah I was just very stressed, but at the same time sad and happy, and I didn't know exactly where how I had to feel and then crazy anxious because of the new of the new position and this is actually let's say the main topic that I want to talk about today because it really connects with um with the fact that it's pride month and uh and we have to be happy and we have to talk about gays the whole time and this is what I do best so here yeah I'm talking about gays um so yeah, I was anxious for this new job. So this new job is like a junior communication officer at Mental Health Europe. And I'm very happy because then again, if you follow this podcast, you know how mental health is really like something that 
<laughs> that I live on my own skin like every day. Um, I, I, I really went through some stuff and uh, you know I take medications and I st still nowadays say that those medications are what like help me you know to kind of wake up in the morning and uh, be okay because um you know <laughs> it, it's weird because like I'm always very open about this but then when I have to you know like name things that's that's very difficult but anyway like I take medications for bipolar disorder which means um without medications like my I don't know like my my mood it, it's not just a matter of like mood but it's like having like high moments of like uh, excitement but like very high incredible high like not normal high like you're really hyper excited and going everywhere not stopping and your energy is like just so high that it's not sustainable and because of that then you have like low lows that are like very low and it, like you know depressive moments and uh then again in this podcast you see that you see you see the depressive phase um that lasts usually like in my in my life it changed like i think for the first part it lasts like some months and then again like when it happened again like some months again and then maybe the last one it was like a few weeks no a couple of months it's always a couple of months for me and this is you know um what it is and medications help me just trying not to you know change like not not to just you know not to get lost inside this very strong emotional like unbalances this but um, unbalances yes i think that's the word and um, so I'm very happy about this position because I think I have lots to give. And uh, it's something that really like comes, you know, from my experience, from my heart. And it, it is, you know, it intersects with uh, also like my my gender identity. Like it is definitely, you know, all related and connected. And uh, but at the same time, I like at Equinet in my previous position, I was feeling so welcome and appreciated and you know I really managed to be myself I would say fully I wasn't afraid of sharing anything about myself um I they were the first ones to use like you know like they them in the right way and for that I will be forever grateful but of course this sets like a very high standard and I, my my fear was like am I gonna find a place that accepts me ac accept accepts me I, I'm not I don't know how to say that but anyway a place that you know welcomes me in the same way that you know respects me in the same way that they're willing to learn they're willing to include me they're willing to take these things seriously because the thing is always like if I tell you that my pronouns are they damn you need to use them and if you don't know how to use them you need to learn how to use them because you know I learned how to say please and thank you and how to use she and her or he and him so you should be able to learn how to use they them. Like, that's not really a difficult thing to do. Um, it just requires practice. And um, if you pay attention to it, then, you know, the practice, like, gets just easier and easier. And uh, and so, but I, I was incredibly anxious. And I feel like lots of people that identify as gender unconforming, but in general, like, member of the LGBTQ plus community. And at the same time, member of other minorities. Like, if I think about it, people with mental health issues, like... As a person with mental health issues and lots of lived experience, 
my like my thought was always like am i gonna find a place where they take these things seriously like i remember one of the first fear fears i had like with equinet was like i need to ask them to take one hour off every two weeks because i need to see my therapist and i was like how are they gonna see that and uh, so you know it, it's funny because then you just you know that you always have the same issues and you just try to kind of work on them and then i hope that the people that you have in front especially you know in the kind of let's say industry or in the kind of field that i am in now which is like basically human rights you know from different perspectives um I, I i hope that you always find someone that is ready to welcome you and to include you but you'll never know you'll, you'll never know and i had some experiences in the past when, when where this wasn't the case and so you always ask yourself how much can i share how much, how much can i be myself but then at the same time if you're not fully yourself you know that you're not going to be able to be happy there. You're not going to be able to, you know, be creative and, uh, you know, express your, uh, your, your, your identity and be productive and, you know, like just be yourself. Because I believe that I, I mean, I, I know that, you know, like work is just one part of our life and I'm the first one that, you know, when I close the laptop, I close the laptop and I have all my things. I have my podcast, I have my work, my, my workout to do. Um, I have my series, I have my friends and all this stuff. But at the same time, when you go to work, you know, we still work like eight hours a day. You need to feel comfortable. Otherwise, it really affects, you know, your mood and, you know, your whole like mental health. And, um, and so like since I was, you know, changing job and now I did. My, my first, like, my number one concern was, are they going to accept me? Are they going to recognize me? It's not even a matter of acceptance. It's a matter of recognition and validation. Like, are they going to see me how I see myself? Or are they going to see me as a cisgender woman? And that hurts. And um, so now I can say that we had this conversation a bit. Um, they're still making lots of mistakes. But some people sh- showed like interest, you know, in understanding how this works. And I'm sure that I will be able to bring my perspective into that. And just today I had like this very, very um, great um, news, which is that so like quick background. Um, no, wait, wait, where do I take this from? Okay, so this this was my concern, right? Like the fact that they were not gonna um, validate me as a non-binary person, as a gender non-conforming person. And they were not gonna give it the relevance that I believe it has not only in my personal life, but as a professional person. You know, in my professional life, the fact that I am queer, it affects my professional persona. I believe in a great way, um, but, you know, you kind of have to, to acknowledge that. And um, I felt like there was some... They, they probably ne- were never really exposed, you know, to queer people in this way, like to gender nonconforming people. And, uh, and so I felt like they probably didn't have the tools to understand how important this is. But at the same time, in only a few days, I saw how small step by small step they started to ask questions or like i loved how a colleague 
texted me and they were like, hey, I'm sorry if I'm texting you on Saturday, but I was talking about this with a friend. I talked about you and you identify as non-binary, you say them. Um, this person is Italian. How do you do it in Italian? Like if I talk to you in Italian, how do I do that? And then she was like, um, I'm, I'm I know that I don't know this, like all of this stuff, but I'm very willing to learn. And, and to me, the fact that someone went to a friend and talked about me being non-binary, and not because they talk about me, but because they, they talk about the, the topic, you know, they get interested in that. And then they learn how to use that. My number one thought is the next non-binary person that this colleague of mine meets, they use they them. This, my colleague is going to be able to address them properly. And that person will feel less left out, will feel validated, which is how I want to feel right now. And, um, and this is why I'm out and proud. It's not only for myself. It is, of course, for myself because I want to, you know, I want to feel good. But it is also for other people around the world because you'll, you'll never know. You'll never know. And also, like, I really encourage also cisgender people to question a bit the idea of femininity and masculinity that you have and embrace the fact that gender identity is a spectrum. And you don't have necessarily, you know, to identify with one end or the other. You can identify in the middle. And even if you identify cis as cisgender, but you still question your gender identity, you're going to be able to see how deep your identity goes, how much your gender identity affects the way you, um, you, you, your relationship, you know, the way you relate to others, the way you your relationship with your parents, with your siblings, with your partner, with your friends, your sexuality, uh, roles, you know, the roles you have in like in your sexual, um, in your sexual experiences and all this stuff, like it does affect that. And it's only like a good thing if you really get to think about that. And also not only about your gender identity, but about the gender expectations that society put on you and how you want to deal with that. You know, maybe you still identify as man or woman, but you like identify as a man, but I don't want to identify with those stereotypes, with those expectations, you know, with those like biased idea of what a man is or what a man like is not. And so like, you know, long story short, this is why I'm, I'm so out. And, like, I want to close this episode on a very, like, positive note, which is the, the, the news that I had today was that my, my supervisor emailed me and they were like, they asked us um, information about gender-inclusive language and anti-racist language, you know, how to, how to include that, how to develop that, and how that, you know, affects... A person in this case, of course, we are like in a work environment, how that affects an employee. And uh, and I was like, and I replied, you know, immediately, and I was like, this is great. This is like so important. And there are so many informations out there. And you can do this and you can do that. And I'm happy to gather the information that I have and to work on it and to, you know, help to understand the intersections between gender identity and mental health, sexuality and mental health, queer community and mental health. And at the same time, my supervisor will work on the, um, on the anti-racist language and those intersections with mental health. And I hope, like just my dream in the end, is to also have a person that is a person of color that is queer 
and understand with them the intersections among all these fields. And I mean, this is such a great thing. And I'm so happy that, you know, step by step, this opportunity came. And I know that, like, I mean, of course, probably they would have, you know, started the project even without me. But I know that I feel like the reason I'm here, it's because of this. It's because I have to bring the voice of queer people to mental health uh, organizations and practitioners and advocates because it is important, because you cannot acknowledge the importance of inclusive language if you don't acknowledge the impact, the you know, the consequences that non-inclusive language has on people, on their mental and physical health, on their, you know, the wealth of a community, on the way they live their life. And why, you know, why, why should we just make sure that uh, just a group of people, cisgender, heterosexual people, are able, you know, to live their lives as they want, you know, happy and free with money and whatever why can everybody else feel the same and if in order to allow everybody to feel as happy as these people we need to you know sometimes step back and look at our privileges and our norms and our habits and question them then just let's go just let's do it all together because you know Maybe one day you will meet a queer person of color on a wheelchair struggling with mental health issues and you're going to be like, you're great. You can teach me so much. And I'm here to make this world and this space livable and more than livable. I'm going to make this space for you, how you want it. I'm going to, you know, help you to like just speak with your voice i don't want to speak with for anybody else i just want to create a space where where like whoever you are you can speak from your heart from your needs from your fears and be heard and validated and we can find solutions together and oh my god this is such a great closure closure um thank you very much for listening to this episode i'm particularly proud of it um, I, I really don't want to say anything more than this because I feel um, I feel this is the way to go. Then again, thank you for listening this episode 15. And uh, I guess I will see you next time, hopefully a bit earlier than last time. Y- you understand the whole Consecutio Temporum thing. Jingle. <laughs>